Well, good morning. If this is your first time here, you're picking a first a good week to come. This is the first week of a series that's going to lead us all the way to Easter Sunday called I Am. You know, way back in the book of Exodus, uh, Moses saw a burning bush. And as he approached the bush, he heard the voice of God speaking to him. And God was sending him someplace. And Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me. And they ask me, what is your name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. Years later, Jesus was with his disciples one day, and he said to his disciples, who do you say that I am? I I will be honest with you this morning. I believe that how we answer that question, who do we say Jesus is, is the most important question you'll ever answer in your entire life. And I think for us to ask that question and to Think about how we would answer that question. It probably is important for us as a church, and I certainly feel like God's going to bless this time as we spend it to answer the question, who did Jesus say that he is, by using his own words? In the book of John, we actually see Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the fourth gospel. John, we see that there are seven I am statements of Jesus. Seven times that Jesus says, I am. We just heard them, and we're going to be looking over them over the next few weeks. And as we begin the series, I just invite you to turn as we begin our first one today. Would you turn in your Bibles, if you have, to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. You can turn in your Bible. You can pull it up on your, your phone. Uh, if you don't have either, we're going to look at the verses a little bit later on the screen. And just take the time right now just to listen to this as we read God's word John chapter 6, starting at verse 25. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for the food that spoils, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God has, the Father has placed his seal of approval. And then they asked him, what must we do to do the works that God requires? And Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. And so they asked him, what sign will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it's not... It is not Moses who has given you bread from heaven, but it is the Father who gives you true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. And then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Would you pray with me? Father, we go to your word this morning, and I know that in a room filled with this many people, we're all coming from a different place this morning. Some of us, it's our first time here in church, and we're just trying to figure out what's going on. And Some of us, we've had a really tough week, and Lord, probably all of us are tired because we have one less hour of sleep. But Lord, don't let us miss what you want to say today, what you want to do today. As we look at these I am statements, as we step into the question, 
who did you say that you were? Holy Spirit, I would ask that you would open our hearts and our ears and our minds to what you want to say to each and every one of us today. Don't allow this time together to be a transfer of information from a speaker to people listening, Lord. By the power of your word and the work of your Holy Spirit, I ask that you would bring transformation in the hearts and lives of every person gathered here. That we would leave here differently today because of what you're doing in our lives this very minute. Lord, I ask that you'd help me do this. Don't let me say anything outside of your will. And Lord, give us hands and feet and hearts that receive this and are ready to go out and put into action what you call us to today. That we may be a light to this world. In Jesus' name, amen. So I've got a confession this morning. Just have to get it off my chest. Sometimes I get hangry. I do. Do you know what it means to get hangry? Yeah. And unfortunately, the saddest part about getting hangry, it's when you get angry when you're hungry, by the way, if you didn't know what that meant. One of the, one of the bad, saddest parts about being hangry is that I've given it to my children. Like, that's a genetic flaw that they've received from me. You know, the, it's, you only got about two seconds from hunger till meltdown, right? So you just carry around things in your pocket to shove in their mouth. No, not really. But, but I, I do. I get hangry, and um, it's, it's one of those things I just... It's, it's, a, it's a fatal flaw of mine, so I have to keep snacks on hand all the time, and I was thinking about my actual problem with getting hangry, and it made me think of these commercials. Maybe you've seen this before. Marsha, what happened? Peter hit me in the nose with a football. I can't go to the dance like this. Well, I'm sure it was an accident, sweetheart. An eye for an eye. That's what Dad always says. I never said that, honey. Shut up! <laughs> Got to teach Peter a lesson. Marsha, eat a Snickers. Why? You get a little hostile when you're hungry. Better? Better. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Jan, this isn't about you. <laughs> it never is. You're not you when you're hungry, right? I love those commercials. And yeah, I do. I get hangry. And, and just like the Snickers commercial, uh, just to be honest with you, I... I uh, have a tendency when I'm hangry and I'm hungry and it wells up inside of me and I need something to eat real quick, I don't reach for healthy food. Like I don't reach for an apple or I don't reach for, you know, vegetables. I don't even like those anyway, but I don't reach for those. I reach for junk food. That's what I do. I can literally eat a meal's worth of junk food before the meal if I'm hungry, right? And I just, I mean, I'm hungry, dinner's not ready, and I'm just like grabbing whatever's in the pantry and eating it. And I don't even think about it because I just, I get to this place where I'm so hungry and I'm kind of cranky and I don't feel like myself. And so I grab a Snickers, I grab some junk food and feel better. And all of you are looking at me like I'm insane. I, I guess I'm the only person. And here's the thing, like, we all know that we can get hungry, and we all do get hungry, and we probably don't make good choices. We misapply that hunger sometimes, and, but he, being hungry and having an appetite is part of life, right? I mean, it's a good thing. It tells us to eat, we're, and eating is what sustains us, but sometimes, if we're honest, some of us do misapply that hunger. We do things like we eat Snickers bars, or we eat junk food, and here's the thing. We're not only hungry in our stomachs, but if we could talk a little bit more serious all of us from time to time, we get hangry or we get hungry in other ways. Some of us, we sometimes get hungry emotionally. You know, we're down, we're depressed, we had a bad day. And sometimes there's a pint of ice cream to soothe our soul, right? Some of us get hungry spiritually or and we're spiritually hungry. We have an emptiness inside of us. We're not sure what to fill that, but we're, we certainly have looked at all kinds of different places 
to fill that hunger. Some of us are relationally hungry. We're lonely. We're having a problem with a family member. We're having a problem with a with a spouse. We're having a problem with our children. And we have this hunger inside of us, this place where we want to be soothed, where we want it to be filled. And if we're honest with each other this morning, we don't always reach for the healthiest things when we're hungry. Sometimes we reach for junk food. Sometimes when we're spiritually, emotionally, relationally hungry, the way that we fill our space inside of us is with things that break us rather than things that are healthy. And how we eat and what we eat matters. It really does. And that is what Jesus is going to be talking about to us today. That's what he's saying in the gospel that we're reading from today. Now a little bit about the setup to where this conversation we're going to step in comes from. In the book of, Mar- book of John, right before this conversation, Jesus had just done one of the miracles that's in every single one of the four gospels. In all four Gospels, there's two miracles that are listed in all of them. The first one is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we're going to talk about that one at the end of this series. And the other one, you know what it is? It's the feeding of the 5,000. It's in all four of the Gospels. And Jesus had just taken five loaves and two fishes and fed 5,000 men, it says. So we're talking not even counting women and children. Thousands of people, he had fed them. And now it's the next day, and all these people... Maybe not all 5,000 of them, maybe not all of them, but a lot of the same crowd has gone again looking for Jesus. They're hungry again. But what are they hungry for? Some of them are hungry because they want him to do something sensational. They want him to wow them, and they're just following him around to see what he's going to do next. What's he going to say next? Who's he going to heal next? Some of them, they want another miracle. They want to see another miracle worker. By now it's been passed around and they saw it with their own eyes that Jesus is a guy that can do miracles. Some of them, quite honestly, they're just hungry for food. But they're all following him around for a reason. We're dropping in on a dialogue between Jesus and this crowd that the day before, more than likely, were fed by him. And now have found him the next morning. And that's where our scripture is today. So picking back up at verse 25. It tells us, John tells us, when they found him, when they found Jesus, that's the crowd, on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Because what happened was Jesus fed the 5,000, and then he went out on the mountain to pray, and he sent the disciples across the lake in a boat. And then what we've missed leading up to this part is, you know, overnight there was a storm, Jesus walks on water. Yeah, that's a pretty big deal, right? Yeah, he walks on water and he walks out to the boat and he gets in the boat and he goes over to the other side with them because they had gone to Capernaum. And here's the thing. The people see him the next day and they're like, wait a second. You didn't get in the boat with them, but you arrived over here and we didn't see you walking over here. How did you get here? That's basically what they're asking him. And Jesus answers them very clearly. He says, very truly I tell you you're looking for me, but not because of the signs I performed. You're not even looking at me because of what you've seen yesterday. You're looking for me because you ate the loaves and you had your fill. But do not work for the food that spoils. Work instead, work for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Jesus is saying right away, you're looking at me, you're seeking me, but you're not seeking me because I'm going to fill the hunger that maybe you don't even realize needs to be filled. You're seeking me because I met your physical need of giving you some food. 
And here's the deal. We can be that way too, right? Let's just be honest with ourselves. Sometimes we seek God, and sometimes we'll, we'll seek Jesus, but the only time we actually seek after him is when we need him to do something for us. We don't actually seek after him to fill the spaces and the places inside of us that are self-destructive, the places that we try to reach for junk food to fill, the places where we hurt deep inside, the places we don't tell anybody about. We don't go to him for that. Sometimes we just go to him so he'll solve the problem, so he'll feed our stomach. Sometimes we just want a sign from him. We just wanted him to show us that he's real. We don't really want him to deal with the problems. We don't actually want him to do anything. We just want him to do something spectacular, right? And what Jesus is saying to them is, don't seek me to have your stomach filled. Don't seek me for the signs. Seek me for what I, you really need. Seek me for who I really am. But they don't get it. They completely miss it. He goes on. Then they asked him, what, what, what must we do to do the works God requires? They totally missed that he was pointing to himself. Instead, they wanted to find out what they had to do. You see, what they wanted is they wanted the same thing we sometimes want. They wanted to find out what they could do to be saved. What kind of work they could do to fill the hunger inside of them. Because you see, Jewish questioners that that Jesus was around, this crowd of Jewish people, they thought that obtaining eternal life, which was Jesus, what Jesus just told them to seek after, was the idea of being able to find eternal life came down to one thing, figuring out the right formula to make God happy. The right kind of works that they had to do to make God happy. The only way they were going to fill this hole in their soul that was going to be, that they were really hungry to fill was to be able to figure out how we did the right formula and the right things so that I felt normal, so that I felt whole. That's what they thought. And so they said, well, how do we do this? What works do we have to perform? And Jesus answers them. He says, the work of God is simple. It's to believe in the one that he has sent. He said, you don't have to do work for it. The secret to fulfilling your, fulfilling your hunger, the secret to getting rid of that emptiness, the secret to searching after me as I really am is to have faith in me, to believe in me. And so they answer back in a way that I gotta be honest, as I read through this, if I was Jesus, I would be so frustrated with them. And then I remember I'm just as thick as they are half the time. This is what he, they say. So they asked him, so what sign are you going to give that we may believe in you? Now keep in mind, we believe that these people are the same people that saw him feed over 5,000, maybe 15, 20,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fishes the day before. And he says, what you need to do to fill the space in your life is to have faith in me. And they're like, what are you going to do for us, miracle guy? Right? Jesus goes on. Then they go on. What are you going to do? Our ancestors ate bread ate, or ate manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread, that God, the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. You see, they said, we want a sign, and we don't want a sign from you. We saw you do a miracle. But Moses, where we put our faith and trust, he gave us bread from heaven. And we want something from heaven. We want a miracle from heaven to prove that you're someone we should have faith in. 
And Jesus says, Moses didn't give you the true bread. Moses gave you bread. Moses gave you manna, but he didn't give you the true bread that would bring eternal life. You understand that that word true in the original language, because the New Testament is actually written in, the, in Koine Greek. In Greek, that word true is the word althenos. Athenos. It's the same root word that we get the word authentic. What Jesus is saying, yeah, you got manna. You got manna for 38 years. Your people, the Jewish people did thousands of years ago. And yeah, God fed your physical hunger. But here's the deal. The hunger that you have inside of you, you're going to only be able to fill it if you take the, what's only the truest bread, what's authentic, what's genuine, what's original. If you don't eat that kind of bread, you are never going to be full. Manna had the means to sustain physical life. That's what it did. If you follow the story of Israel in, in the wilderness, manna would sustain their physical life. And Jesus is saying, yes, physical life for 38 years is a good thing. But you're all hungry, but what you don't realize is that you're emotionally, you're physically, you're relationally, you're spiritually hungry. And the only way that you're going to ever be full is if you would eat something that would not just fill the stomach, but fill the soul. And Jesus said, it's me. And they get it. They get it for a split second because this is what they say in verse 34. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. We want this bread. Give it to us. And then Jesus drops the hammer on them. He gives them what they didn't really expect. He says, I'm the bread. I am the bread of life. I'm the one who's going to fill every space in your soul. I'm the one who's going to give you something. Yes, a meal lasts for hours. I am going to give you something that's going to make you complete for the rest of your life. In fact, it's going to make you complete for life eternal. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. You see, what Jesus is saying is he's using a familiar object. Bread, we all know what bread is, right? Those of us that are, even, even those of us that are on a carb-free diet know what bread is, and I feel bad for you. I really do. Bread is proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy. So he, we all know what bread is, and Jesus uses this bread, and he says, once again, I'll tell you, he says, bread will fulfill your physical hunger, but Jesus wants to, you to take this bread, and he wants you to receive him so that you will never be spiritually, emotionally, physically, relationally hungry again. To get even more basic, here's the thing. When we eat bread, what do we do? We put it in our mouth, we eat it, and to make it, you know, a little bit G-rated in here, it just, the nutrients in it are assimilated into our body, right? As we eat it and we consume it, it is assimilated into every part of our body. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I'm the bread of life. You need to eat me and allow me to come into you and assimilate me and my love, and my truth, and my grace into every part of your being. And if you do, you'll never be hungry again. If you do, you'll never be thirsty again. 
If you do, you will stop searching after the counterfeit junk food that causes you to live in cycles of brokenness day after day again. But they didn't buy it. They argued with them. They were, we're, not, we're upset with them as we see. Drop into verse 41. At this, the Jews began to grumble about him. Because he said, I'm the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he say, I came down from heaven? They're arguing with him. We know who you are. We know where you grew up. How can you say this is who you are? They were spiritually buying. They didn't want to see it. They didn't even want to hear what Jesus was talking about. And so his answer to them in verse 47 was this. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. You have to get past what you see and you have to understand what I'm saying. And then once again, he tells them, I am the bread of life. It's who I am. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness and yet they died. Once again, he's trying to get them to get it. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven right here in front of you, which anyone anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that's come down from heaven. You see, here's the thing. Once again, he tells them, manna, anything, manna representing, yes, it came from heaven, but listen, manna, anything that you eat will never last forever. You'll still be hungry, but I will give you something that won't fill you for a moment. It'll fill you forever. Jesus is saying, I am right here in front of you. Those of you in the room this morning, Jesus is saying to you, he is here this morning, and he is saying, I am the bread of life. I'm not whatever you want me to be. There's a thing in our culture that says, oh, you can, you know, whatever's good for you, whatever Jesus is good for you, you can worship this religion that you want, or you can worship Jesus, or you can take this piece of them and ignore this piece. No, that's not how Jesus works. He's saying, I am right here. I'm not whatever you want me to be. And if you don't accept me for all that I am, you cannot receive me at all. But the reality is that I am right here in front of you. I am the living bread, and whoever eats this bread will live forever because this bread is my flesh, which I give for the life of the entire world. You know, I've come to you, and, and if you've got to get past the manna, Jews, and you've got to understand what's right in front of you because this is what the manna did. The manna only met a physical need temporarily. The manna only sustained your physical life. The manna was only for the nation of Israel, and it was only for 38 years. The manna had no cost to God. He, it created, they had it every morning. It wasn't any cost to him. And it delayed their physical death. And God sent it each day to the people of Israel as a gift. But Jesus is saying, right here in front of you is the bread of life. And the bread of life is way different. The bread of life meets a, spirit, meets a spiritual need, and it meets it internally. It's not a temporary thing. And it just doesn't sustain your physical life. If you eat of this bread, you will have eternal life. And he goes on, he says, it's not just for the nation of Israel, it's for the whole world. And it's not for 38 years as the nation wanders in the desert. No, my bread will actually fulfill the hunger of the entire world all the way back from Adam till the end of the age. Every person that is filled with sin and darkness and struggling, every single one of us that has a place inside of us that 
we know and we will admit to ourselves when we're alone, but maybe not in a place like this, a hunger inside of us, a deep well inside of us, and we've tried to fill it. We've tried to fill it with all kinds of things. Jesus says, I am the answer. I will fill that emptiness inside of you, and I will take care of every person from the beginning of time until the end of time. That's who I am. That's not what the man was. That's who I am. And this came as a great cost. Jesus says, I give my life to the world. It wasn't just flakes of stuff on the grass every morning. No, he had to be stretched out on a cross. He had to be tortured. He had to bleed for you and for me so that he could conquer spiritual death and physical death. The death itself died because of what he did. God sent the giver of all gifts in Jesus Christ. He sent a gift in the manna, but he sent all gifts in Jesus Christ. And here's the thing. Let's make this practical for you and me. It was hard for the Jews to buy this. And it's hard for us to buy this sometime too because for the manna, it's what they knew. You see? The manna is what they knew. And I've got to be honest with you. I know that the things that you eat, the junk food that you eat to fill that space inside when you're broken, to fill that space inside when you're hurting, to fill that space inside to soothe your soul so that you don't have to deal with the demons of who you really are. For a lot of you, it's what you know. You've been doing it a long time. And in some strange way, hello, I know it because I'm right here with you. In some strange way, even though you know that it will never actually fully satisfy you, you're comfortable with it. You've just become, it's become normal to live in that brokenness. And what Jesus is saying to them and what he's saying to us is, no, to eat the bread of life is something completely new. Something completely better. Something that enters into our cycles of brokenness and it shatters them and it fills us like we've never been filled before. And then all the junk food that we consume loses its taste once we've tasted that which is truly life. That's what Jesus is saying. And that's what Jesus was saying to the Jews and they couldn't get it. In verse 52, the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves. They say, how Can this man give us his flesh to eat? They can't get it. They can't understand it. Can't wrap their heads around it. They took his words literally and they missed the whole point of his message, folks. And many of it is because they couldn't see what new thing he was offering because it wasn't what they thought they needed. They were hungry, but they didn't believe it was what they thought they needed. And the context that Jesus was in, some of them needed immediate relief because they were hungry, they were poor. Some of us, some of them, as the Jewish people, they believed that the king, the Messiah that would come, would conquer Rome. And this guy's talking about eating bread of life. What's up with that, right? Some of them wanted their personal needs met. Some of them wanted him to deal with them and and fix everything in their life. They wanted him to solve all their problems, but they didn't want to deal with their own sin and brokenness to do it. They wanted to go to Jesus and say, hey, give us bread to eat, but they didn't want to deal with the fact that the reason they needed the bread is because they were broken inside, and until they surrendered that to him, they would never receive the life that he had given them. And so they focused on what he said, and they missed it. So how does Jesus give us 
flesh to eat. How do we unpack that? Excuse me. <coughs> to eat living bread, as I said before, means to receive Christ so that it will assimilate into every part of us. It means becoming united with him, understanding that he is life. By believing in the death and the resurrection, the sacrifice for your sins on the cross and his resurrection is one way that you receive this bread of life. There is no way that you can receive life until you believe that that is a fact and that is what happened. That Jesus is the son of God himself who came to the world in a man and yet also God who lived a perfect life and died the death of the sinners of all time so that anyone who would believe in him and received him would have the experience of receiving the life that's only found in him. That's one way we eat that flesh. The other way is that we devote ourselves after that daily by consuming him and not consuming all of the junk food that this world has to offer. We use his word and we consume this as our guide and our guidance. And the more, I've said it time and time again, if we get it into us, it will get into us. If we read it, we get into it, it will get into us. It will assimilate into all of our lives and it will change us. It will sustain us. It will empower us. Not only that, but did you know the day you said yes to Jesus, he himself in the form of the Holy Spirit, the third member of the Godhead comes and lives in you. And if you would eat the bread of life, right now the bread of life is inside of you and it is crying out. Will you stop shoving your face with things that are killing you and start making space for that which is inside of you that if you would allow it to assimilate in every part of you, you would experience life like you never have before. We are settling for junk food when that which is the bread of life has already been given and it is already in us. And yet we turn away from it. We turn after other things. I mean, I ask you how, are you, how are you fulfilling your hunger? When you're feeling empty, when you're feeling low, when you're by yourself in those demons and those thoughts, how are you filling your hunger? What do you reach for? Are you reaching for what, you're, what you knew? Or are you reaching for what is new? For what's right in front of you? Folks, we live in a world full of hungry people. We, feel, we, we live in a world full of desperate people. We live in a world where we spend more time, more energy, more money on the things that will only fulfill us for a short time rather than the only thing that will fulfill us forever. We're all guilty of it. And yet Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I'm it. And you and I are tempted daily. We're tempted to say, yeah, I understand this, church guy. I understand what you're saying, but I'm sorry. I feel a lot like one of those Jewish people. Jesus, do a sign for me. Until you do something for me, I'm not going to believe. I'm going to sit right here and say, what are you going to do for me? You say that you are something, but you know what? I'm not going to believe until you do what I want. And Jesus says, Unless you accept me for who I am, you don't accept me at all. Some of us, we know this. This is nothing new. Some of us have been walking this life for a long time, but yet you know what happens? We stop feasting on him. We get busy. We get overwhelmed. 
We begin to have life, real life come in. And you know what? All of a sudden, we start to get dry from the bread of life. We stop to ha- start to starve from the bread of life, and we get hangry. And you know what we do? Instead of reaching for him, we reach for junk food. We reach for the substitute that's never going to fill us, the quick fix. The caffeine, the alcohol, the ice cream, the comfort food. Or can I push us a little more? Rather than reach for him, we fill the space inside of us with things like lust. Things like distraction. So we don't have to think about all the things that are going wrong. Right? Some of us, we go so deep into the places where we're, where we're, we're empty inside that we become fixated on feeding on our own anxieties and worries. We go deeper and deeper into that. And in the meantime, the bread of life is sitting on the shelf waiting for us to experience fulfillment in him. But no, we go after worry. We go after escape. We go after gluttony. We go after, some of us, we've been in this cycle for so long that we've gotten in so deep that we're so filled with, with what life has given us or how life has thrown us a, 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 a wrong curveball that we've been consumed with so many junk foods that we just live in a place where we feel offended all the time, where we feel victimized all the time time where we feel we start to get critical we criticize all, all all kinds of people we criticize the world we criticize the news we criticize the commercials we become judgmental we get cycles and we go deeper and deeper and we get depressed and then we do crazy things like we go and we engage in materialism because we think that somehow if we amass things that the temporary fix of feeling good about the things that we bought are going to fill the hole inside that was meant to be filled by something that was bought 2,000 years ago on a cross. And Jesus is saying, I am the bread of life. Folks, I am here to tell you this morning that you and I live in a Snickers generation in a world that is never satisfied. And in the meantime, Jesus is standing in front of you and he's saying, look at me, I am life. I am life. If you would just consume me, if you would come to me, if you would assimilate me into your life, I will fill the places and spaces that you are trying to fulfill your life with, with junk food. And it's not gonna work. Are you hangry? Are you? If you are, what are you eating? What are you reaching for? How are you fulfilling your hunger? We all do it, don't we? We're all guilty of it, aren't we? I myself can tell you there are times where I feast on junk food and I'm only nibbling on the bread of life and then I wonder why I don't feel the way that God intended me to. And Jesus is standing in front of me. He's standing in front of you today and he's saying, if you want to receive life that is eternal, then let me declare it to you. I, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So where are you searching? What are you dealing with that you keep grabbing for the Snickers rather than the bread of life? Because Jesus says, receive me. 
Allow me to assimilate in every part of you. Believe in me and you will have life. Let's pray. Oh, Jesus, you're just so good. You're just so good, and you've just made it so clear. And we know that we know that we all have places, patterns, behaviors, sins that we continue to return to, that we continue to feed on because they're what we know. We'll admit to you, Lord, that we know they only provide a fake nourishment that only lasts for a while until we're hungry again. And Lord, we... We need you. Holy Spirit, we need your help. Jesus, we see you in front of us this morning saying, inviting us to receive the bread of life, to feed on you by faith with thanksgiving and believe that if we would turn to that bread rather than the places and the junk food we go after, we would actually find peace. We would actually find wholeness. We would actually find forgiveness. We would actually find life. So Lord, Jesus, bread of life, Help us. Help us to consume that which is true bread. In Jesus' name, amen.